Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live here at WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on the first day of June. June is busting out all over here at WKXL. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Dot com And uh, joining us today from the Hatbox Theater in Concord, a real jewel on Loudon Road located uh, at the Steeplegate Mall, uh, Alex Picard is here, Andrew Pernard, and Gary Locke. It sounds like a law firm, Picard, Pernard, and Locke. There you go. <laughs> but we have them here today, folks. Nobody else does. And uh, now uh, entering its second weekend of three at the Hatbox Theater, uh, Edward Albee's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And uh, the opening weekend drew rave reviews. I saw some of those uh, reviews uh, online. And uh, two weekends to go, folks, to get there. And uh, Alex, I'm assuming you're playing the role of Martha. That's, You've assumed that's, correctly. That's an assumption yeah. on yeah. my part. <laughs> Under the direction of Gary. Yes. So, so Andrew, why are you here? <laughs> I just take care of the space. <laughs> that, 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 there you go. And, and you know, I, I talked briefly with uh, Gary before we went on the air here today. And what a space it is. I mean, truly. I mean, where can you get more intimate in a theater than at the hat box? It, it, is, it is really something. Yeah, very much so. We've been very pleased. We have uh, 100 seats and no more than four seats from the audience. So you are literally on stage for some, uh, for some of the seats. And uh, it must be especially, feel especially close when it's such an intense drama and show like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? It's got to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's what I love most about that space, though. You know, when um, you've got an intimate space like that and you're bringing a production of, of <laughs> you know, these intimate moments you're not supposed to know about anyway, it adds to that feeling of, of seeing something you're not supposed, supposed to be to seeing. See, yeah, like you're you know? peeking in through the keyhole. Absolutely. Or it's a more visceral door just a little audience. bit ajar and mm-hmm. you're peeking in at something you shouldn't see. And, and Gary, does... The uh, you know the, the the small space does it make a difference in the way that you direct a show? You bet it, believe it does. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. And and uh, lighting it, uh, we have very intimate lighting for this show. Um, the whole feel is uh, uh, a living room with um, just a few uh, lights on and. Um, and you're you're there in the wee small hours of the morning mm, in Western Massachusetts, right? <laughs> Is that where it's supposed to take place? Well, I'll be never really said. Oh, okay. Uh, they filmed uh, the movie at uh, Williams College, okay, um, or part of it. And uh, but it is certainly somewhere in New England. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be Concord, New Hampshire. Sure. You know. And uh, just, just no matter where it is, it's it's a it's an an amazing show. I I've never seen it on stage. I've seen the movie, and looking forward to seeing it uh, at the Hatbox uh, this weekend. I know when it opened uh, on Broadway in 1962, it was very controversial. I mean, extremely controversial, and 
And uh, more controversy in 1966 when the film came out with Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Richard Burton and George Siegel. And who else was in it? Uh, Sandy Dennis. Sandy, Sandy Dennis, yeah. And uh, directed by Mike Nichols. Yeah. So Nichols learned to direct uh, with that movie. He really? He never made a movie before, and he didn't know the first thing about it. Uh, but fortunately, his uh, leading uh, actors uh, took a lot of long breaks. And during those long breaks, he figured out how to set up shots and things like that. Wow. Well, what a movie to learn with, huh? And he, I guess he learned quickly. Yeah. He was a quick study, uh, that Mike Nichols. But uh, that was his first that was uh, directorial. His first yeah. yeah. Uh, they, he, they shot it in black and white, and the studio didn't want it in black and white. But uh, he, he said, listen... Uh, the makeup we've got for Elizabeth Taylor, it's got to be in black and white. <laughs> wow. That, that, that is something. And I, I think when it was on stage, I don't know how you're handling it at the hat box, but I, I think when it was on stage in New York, they had two intermissions from what I understand. And we do here. Oh, you do? Okay. So you're, yes. you're following uh, yeah. uh, what they did uh, when it opened back in 1962. And it was very controversial, but no controversy. Right when it opened in Concord last weekend. None that we know of. <laughs> not, not the, I mean, there were no picketers outside or anything like that. Gosh, I mean, no. Nothing like that. So that that's a good thing. And again, as we mentioned, the uh, uh, reviews have been excellent uh, so far. So uh, maybe, uh, uh, Gary, you can tell us, just give us a, you know, for those who are not familiar with uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, just give us a, in capsule form, uh, just a little, a little bit about the show. Uh, it's the story of a couple, George and Martha, who uh, George is a, an associate professor at uh, this small college. And uh, late at night after two o'clock in the morning, um, it turns out that Martha has invited uh, two people, another couple to come over uh, for a, a nightcap. And, um, well, um, things descend from there. Mm. <laughs> it is a, a very intense uh, night at the theater. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm certain the, rehearsal, the rehearsals were, uh, were the same way. And uh, they had to be very draining, I would think. Even the rehearsals. Oh, gosh, yeah. I think the yeah. most exhausting thing I do every night is get up for curtain call after <laughs> being done. I think that's the hardest thing I do is trying to get back up again. Those rehearsals were draining. They were exhausting. We, we got into a habit of sending each other happy music to listen to on the way home so that we could <laughs> recover from what we'd been through during the evening. Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me. It has to be, uh, you know, not, not only... Uh, emotionally, uh, but physically draining. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so folks, check it out. There are, uh, I, I think, good seats still available for this weekend and next. And uh, what, 7.30 tomorrow night, 7.30 on Saturday, yep. 2 o'clock Sunday. Yes. Because I noticed there was a little misprint in the uh, insert in the Concord Monitor this morning uh, about the time on Sunday. Oh, I'll have to double check but, that. Double check that. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't 12 a.m. as they had it in the past. <laughs> I hope not. If you're not. doing a, a show at the stroke of midnight. Uh, it's <laughs> probably Rocky Horror. And yeah. This <laughs> may be a bit of a horror show at times. It's not. But uh, And next weekend as well. So uh, three weekends. And, uh, again, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? And uh, 
What we want to do, we we're going to take a break fairly quickly here. But uh, then when we come back, I'm going to go around uh, around the horn here uh, and uh, and talk to uh, to each of you. You know, we're going to uh, you know talk to talk to Alex, talk to Andrew, talk to Gary, and uh, fire questions at them. And uh, and and we will do that. And uh, so everybody has a chance to speak. And because I think people want to know your backgrounds, I'm sure many have seen Alex uh, on stage. Uh, I saw you in a in a what was it? Uh, I'm trying to think. Scene changes. Oh yes, in yeah. January. Yes, yeah. I saw that. And uh, it, it's just a it's just a wonderful space. And uh, Andrew, I know you had a lot to do uh, with the design of of that space. Yes. Uh, when we originally uh, moved in, we actually had only three weeks because we were switching from one venue to another. So we redesigned the venue overnight and wow. built it in three weeks. But we can talk about that more in detail. <laughs> yeah, that that is an amazing story in itself. And that's a little tease. It's a radio tease. We'll find out more about how they uh, got it all together in three weeks and did a, did a wonderful job. You, you really and, and truly did. It's a great space. And, and the, the other outstanding part about it is you never have issues with parking. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. have the benefit of being the theater with the most parking in the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> and, and not only not only parking, but free parking. Free parking. Or free parking. Yeah. Oh, yes. So there, there's an added inducement uh, right there. And uh, the, the prices are it's priced very well. Uh, not uh, not overly expensive what, whatsoever, and it's a great night out at the theater. But I think uh, people should be advised that this particular show might not be for everybody, especially especially younger people. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so bear that in mind. But uh, oh, it's going to be a wonderful uh, night at the theater if you experience Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at the Hatbox Theater in Concord this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and next weekend as well. The music tells us we have to take a quick break, but coming back, we're going to find out more about Alex, about Andrew, about Gary, right here on Kale & Company Live at WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com on the 1st of June. What a way to get the month started with uh, Alex Picard, Andrew Pennard, and Gary Locke from the Hatbox Theater. Uh, part of the, uh, what I guess used to be the Steeplegate Mall. It's still the Steeplegate Mall, I guess, but uh, it's pretty much theater and pickleball now, isn't it? Uh, theater and pickleball. <laughs> and there's, a, there's an exercise space there. Oh, that's, well, that's so. true. Yeah. That's true. And I, there's still a uh, women's clothing shop there, and uh, I know that all too well. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, first of all, tell us about your, your 14 years as a professor at, of theater at New England College. Oh, I actually, um, yeah, I taught for a total of 23 years. 23 years? Yeah. Wow. Um, theater all the time. I taught at the high school level in the Boston okay. area, which yeah. were, was where I'm from. Um, and I actually went to New England College. I was a student okay. there. Yeah. Um, and I loved that theater. Let's hear it for the Grimms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, one day I, I just uh, had an opportunity to go back, so I took it. And... 
I uh, helped to run the theater department with Glenn Stewart there for, yeah, 14 years. It was really a, a wonderful opportunity. I loved working with the students. That's always been a favorite. And, and they have a, a very nice theater on campus. Oh, a gorgeous NEC. new theater. Yeah. yeah, the Putnam Center is absolutely stunning. Yeah. Absolutely oh, stunning. It, it really and truly is. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you did a lot of uh, a lot of work there. Uh, and uh uh, that is terrific. So you you're not doing that anymore. You're doing it on a, a part-time basis, or you going no, back from I've, time I've, to time? No, uh, I've left teaching for now, um, at least in in that manner. I am now a full-time audiobook narrator. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, where are you from in Massachusetts? Uh, the Boston area. Yeah. I grew up like you know all around there. Um, yeah. But most recently, I li- I worked at uh, Cambridge Ringe and Latin High School before I came. Okay. The up alma here. mater of Patrick Ewing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that's what I know about it, yeah. uh, about Cambridge Ringe and Latin. And uh, Andrew Pennard, uh, your life in, in show business uh, began at a very early age. How did that all come about? Well, I, I like to tell people I lie for a living now. Um, <laughs> I've been a performer since uh, I was probably eight. I gave my first show in the second grade. I performed in theater in middle school and high school. But I also uh, make a living as a magician, a perceptual mm-hmm. engineer. So I literally do lie to people. But it's only <laughs> for my own benefit. So that <laughs> it's makes for your it own benefit. Yeah. <laughs> perceptual engineer. That's, that's the first time I've ever heard magician defined that way, but it's very accurate. It, it really is. It's yeah. about using uh, someone's thoughts to help them uh, kind of see a different way on reality. So it uses what you know against you in some ways. It's like leading a horse to water. You can't make them drink, but you can make them jump over the edge if you need to. And that's what I do. So, But a lot of that has informed my work uh, with Hatbox. I mean, part of what I wanted to do in creating the space was I've always wanted to pull together a community of artists and audiences to actually meet, to explore the world through story. And that's essentially what we try to do at Hatbox. It's been our mission from the beginning. And every year we... Uh, work to refine, expand our community, but refine the work that we're doing in our space. And you perform there monthly. I do. I do my show Discovering Magic, which is a sleight of hand show. Uh, We were on Sundays for this season, but we're going back to Wednesday nights uh, in our ninth season. And when will that begin? That begins in September. Okay. Very good. When did the magic start in your life? Uh, it's hard to say. I went to, uh, I grew up in Derry, New Hampshire, and uh, I knew Ace Gorham, who went to our church, or the first congregational church. And Ace Gorham was a president for Gulf Oil, but he was also a very well-known uh, magician and a silent film actor. And so I saw him perform when I was very young. Uh, and that, you know, kind of bit the bug. But I gave up magic and went into theater because I, the theater was more interesting to me. And then I studied music intensely, and that's what I went to school for. Yeah, but uh, you've been doing magic for many, many years, so uh, that that is terrific and entertained thousands uh, and maybe millions over the years with your with your magic. Uh, Gary Locke, actor, producer, director, writer, designer. Uh, I'm a hyphenate. And, and, and you 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 really are. You really are. And uh, I didn't want to call you that myself, but uh, <laughs> you have your own production company. Uh, when did your theatrical journey begin? Uh, the, it will be something like 54 years ago this year, this possibly this month. I, yes, I think that's right. Uh, I started out as a gopher 
uh, and selling really awful orange drink at the <laughs> Lakes Region Playhouse, which later became the Guilford Playhouse, which later went back to be the Lakes Region Playhouse. I think that's right. Um, and, uh, man, I, I loved it. I just you know, fell in love with the moment I stepped on those boards. I said, oh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> a lot better than selling that lousy orange drink. <laughs> Absolutely. <huh? laughs> and you, you were telling me off the air before we went on today uh, that uh, you, you wrote a book, uh, or a play, I should say, uh, called uh, Play Ball, correct? Play Ball, yeah. That, I did that in, uh, I think it was 15 years ago, uh, about baseball and uh, I gave myself the plum role of uh, Branch Rickey. Mm-hmm. And I've written a few, a few plays um, and uh, I love doing that as, as well. Yeah. And uh, most recently you were involved in uh, that uh, uh, plaque unveiling, unveiling, I should say, at uh, historic Holman Stadium Holman in Nashua. Stadium, yeah. Yes, yes, I was the on-field master of ceremonies where we uh, unveiled the plaque for the uh, black um, uh, heritage uh, in uh, uh, that that runs the heritage trail mm-hmm. that runs along the state and uh, uh, Holman Stadium was the first into uh, was the home of the first integrated uh, baseball team in the United States. Yeah, in 1946, yeah. Roy Campanella and, and Don Newcomb. Don Newcomb, and yeah. I met Mrs. Newcomb. Yeah, very nice, very nice. And that was just uh, earlier this week, correct? Yes. Yeah. And Manny Delgado Okay. the first pitch. Really? Yeah. Okay. Very good. There's a, there's, a, there's a blast from the past uh, uh-huh. as well. Alex, do you remember when you were on stage for the first time? Yes, I do. I was in the first grade circus. The first grade circus. Yes, it okay. was. Um, now, this was a very long time ago, so the part that I played is no longer politically correct. Okay. Um, but, so we won't, we won't but get I into loved that. being in the first grade circus. I then played a, a wedge of cheese in the nutrition play. <laughs> um, and uh, my first big role was Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz in the fifth grade. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf when I was 19 years old and decided – when I read it, that I would play her someday. So this one's been a long so, time coming. So this is, is something you've thought about for uh, quite a while. Quite a while, yes. At least 10 years, right? Oh, that's lovely of you. Oh, yeah. yes. Sure, let's say 10. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what a, is this the most demanding role you've ever played? Yeah, I would say it is. Um, I, last summer I played Barbara in August Osage County, and I thought that was a doozy. But there is... Um, this is a mountain, um, and and Martha is a complicated woman with a lot going on. So, in terms of um, what I have to carry, um, and and how present you have to be for everybody else in the show, I'd say yes, it is for sure the most demanding work I've ever done. And most intense, uh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's a relatively uh, long play as well. So I guess you need the two intermissions, right? You do. You do. We've heard from a lot of people who have come to see it already that you don't feel that time go by, that it doesn't feel as long as right. it actually is, which I think is fantastic. And I think um, it moves in a, the pace of the show moves in a way that you are caught up in what's happening to these four people and their interactions with each other. So I think it flies by. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure it does. And again, uh, this weekend and next weekend still have six opportunities 
to see who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. So no excuses. You've got plenty of time. Three days this weekend, three days uh, next weekend. So try to uh, fit it into your schedule. Uh, you will not be disappointed at the uh, beautiful Hatbox Theater. You will never be as close to a professional performance or production as you will be at the Hatbox Theater. And that's the way you designed it, Andrew Pennard. Yeah, we really wanted to... Uh, it- it's, it's almost unfair. We've, the venue has been recognized at the state level through the New Hampshire Theater Awards, and I always like to say that any show that's done in Hatbox has an unfair advantage to lots of the other venues because you are so close to the performance. You're literally breathing the same air. When an actor holds their breath on stage, the entire audience holds their breath because the proximity is so close. So you get to really see people's kind of micro expressions. You get to see that kind of internal thing that happens in actors' minds play out because you're not sitting way out in the dark. Right. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And again, uh, the the lighting for the show uh, is uh, unique. Designed by one of our actors, Bretton Reese. Uh, I've, I've worked with uh, Brett uh, before and his, his lighting is beautiful. Outstanding. You'll get a chance to see it this weekend or next at the Hatbox Theater on Loudon Road, Steeplegate Mall. Free parking. Uh, the ticket prices are uh, very reasonable for a production of this caliber. And uh, you can find out about that uh, online. We'll tell you about that as well. Right here on Kale & Company at WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We'll take a break and be right back. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live here on WKXL 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in the Manchester area, 1450 on the AM dial and around the world, around the clock at nhtalkradio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Very pleased to be joined in studio today by Alex Picard, who plays Martha in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at the Hatbox Theater in Concord. Andrew Pernard, who uh, designed the theater and is the driving force behind it for the last, what, nine years? Coming up on our ninth season. Yep. Time flies when you're having fun, right? And uh, Gary Locke, who is directing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And uh, uh, Gary, y- you've directed all kinds of shows. I mean, uh, musicals, Shakespeare. Yep. And now and now this. Well, I, I try to diversify. I try to find something uh, that I haven't done before. And Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf uh, was the play that I, you know, I could only dream about doing, uh, it being an American classic. And uh, the opportunity arose when I heard two people talking that, uh, hey, maybe they'd like to do the the show together sometime and i said if you produce it i said this to alex if you produce it i'll direct it oh there you go and and you're producing it i am yes and i um this is the first time i've produced at the hat box um and yeah i was i was in was holmes and watson right Holmes 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 and watson with gary it was my first show with gary and i was sitting there with wayne asbury who plays george um and I just had this thought that he would make a good George, and I was thinking about wanting to get to this show. So I said, what if we did, you know, what do you think about that show? And he was like, oh, I love that show. And I just kept tossing it out there. And yeah, Gary one day said, if you produce it, I'll direct it. And I was like, 
Good. Okay. Done. I'm in. And Absolutely. if you produce it, they will come, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the plan. And uh, you can get uh, more information on uh, tickets and uh, everything to do with the uh, Hatbox Theater at hatboxnh.com. Hatboxnh.com. And uh, Andrew, I, I know recently the 2023-24 uh, season was unveiled uh, to the public, so tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Our process is uh, once a year we have a group of uh, producers come to the Hatbox and pitch the projects that they hope to produce in our upcoming season. And while I like to say I don't put my thumb on the scale in terms of favoring particular organizations or particular projects, I do spend part of my year cultivating and trying to talk to people and see what their passions are and their interests are and what projects there are. And I encourage them to pitch. And we've had a number of projects that m may not have seen the light of day had it not been for Hatbox. Mm -hmm. and, and from the gentle urging of people like Gary and Alex mm -hmm. and others who have been there. But yeah, we're excited. Our ninth season opens in September. Um, before we get to that, we have a bunch of things left in this season. We have a couple of musicals this summer. We have Cabaret. We have the musical Big Fish. We have a classic in Private Lives by Noel Coward, an original play Masked, and a couple of three original one acts coming up right on the heels of Virginia Woolf uh, called The College Game Plus Two. And the first production of our ninth season uh, is going to be directed by uh, the gentleman seated currently at my left. Uh, Gary Locke will be directing and producing uh, the uh, play Stage Struck, uh, which I will let Gary talk about that. Oh, it's uncategorizable. Um, <laughs> I, I think of it as a, as a uh, suspense comedy um, with lots and lots of blood. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's a it's a story of a uh, of a uh, homicidal stage manager, and I've known a few of those. <laughs> I'll bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the uh, the first show of the 2023-24 season. That's right. At Hatbox, starting in September. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So not that far away. No, we're, we're always, uh, it feels like in the theater we spend a lot of time working so far ahead that we yeah. don't have the opportunity to really be in the moment with the shows. So it's really important. Uh, and one of the benefits, again, of Hatbox is we have theater practitioners from throughout the state and beyond. We have people from Western Maine. We have people from Northern Massachusetts. And we've even had a couple of performers come from Eastern Vermont come. And they all support each other's work. And a lot of our performers and producers also produce other venues in the region so we're very supportive of all the other groups we try to cross promote and support each other as we can talk about a, a wide variety of shows i mean the hat box uh, certainly has that there's no question about it from all genres for all ages it's it's terrific yeah straight plays musicals original works uh magic comedy, improv. We've had burlesque shows in the space, which are always well attended. Um, we need to have more of those, I think. Uh, and we're actually, we also do educational opportunities as well. In the past, prior to the pandemic, we had monthly programming where we taught people uh, about you creating and producing shows. If you want to learn about lighting design or stage management or direction or how to audition, uh, that's something we're rebooting now that things are kind of getting back to normal and we're going to be having monthly uh, workshops in our Hatbox Performance Lab. Wow, that uh, that is terrific. And uh, you're looking for any volunteers? Theaters always seem to be looking for volunteers. 
We do. Uh, we have, if you go to hatboxnh.com, there is a tab across the top that you can volunteer at Hatbox, and that'll take you to a form. Uh, what's interesting, because we have so many different producers, we're not actually producing most of the shows. Hatbox Theater produces a venue mm-hmm. and a season, right. um, but we don't produce most of the individual shows, although we do an annual production of A Christmas Carol. And this upcoming season, we're actually going to be doing a review show of Tom Lehrer songs, mm-hmm. and I will actually be directing um, a, a remarkable play play uh, the House of Blue Leaves, uh, which will be coming up after the first of the year or so. But we do need volunteers, and we try to plug them into each of the different production companies. Not all of the producers rehearse in our space. Sometimes they rehearse. Uh, right now, we're in a wonderful relationship with the Presidential Oaks here in Concord, and we're Very rehearsing good. in that space. Wow. Um, we may actually look at producing some uh, ancillary uh, performances in that space as well. In fact, Alex, I think you did a, a performance of scene changes for the residents. We did. It was during one of the uh, rehearsals. During so. one of our rehearsals, and I, I adored it. There is no yeah. no more eager audience out there than, <laughs> than the people I'll that bet live they in that building. They loved, loved it. it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll they bet they did. It. And that's not a bad theater. I mean, it's within a stone's throw of where we're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's a nice theater space right there. Yeah, it's very traditional. Yeah, it's yeah, a lecture yeah, kind of yeah. uh, re- recital space. Um, but, you know, we'll see. You know, that's a, it's a really, it has a different ambiance, a different feel to it. And I can certainly see lots of programming that could work well in there, even alternative programming. Well, I'd call it alternative programming, but like puppet shows yeah, and things of that nature sure. could be really interesting. In there. Yeah, yeah. You're always thinking, Andrew. You're one step ahead of the game, at least one step. You've he many, many steps. Right? He is. <laughs> and you have to be, right, in, in this business. Yeah, you have to reinvent yourself. If you uh, are feeling comfortable, then you're probably irrelevant. Uh, and so we're in the process of just trying to make sure that we find pieces that challenge our artists, that challenge our audiences, and really improve the community. You know, give people uh, an access to types of performances that they may get not get in some of the more bigger, the more uh, established venues that also are working on a scale where they have to rely on marquee acts and bring in the the big shows yeah. that yeah. have that type of demand. So really introducing people to what is available from locally grown theater is really important. Mm-hmm. Giving people in our community an opportunity to share their talents, their passion, their interests, and to remind the community that we really do have an enormous wealth of talent you don't have to leave the state right. to experience really remarkable uh, work. Uh, I'm sure all of you have found, and, and know better than me and, and most, that this is an amazing theatrical community here in New Hampshire, I, I have to think. I mean, we are very blessed to have uh, so many great venues, so many uh, theater companies uh, that are out there. I mean, per capita, uh, we must have the, the most uh, theatrical talent uh, in the country. And really great talent, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Trust and, me. Yeah. So many uh, local performers and and, uh, and theater groups, and uh, I'm sure everyone thinking what they're going to be doing next. They're, you, you have to think, as, as I said, like a few steps ahead of the game to determine what you're going to do next. And I, and I know at, at Hatbox, uh, because of the way you're, you're structured, you're able to take some chances. Uh, uh, that that other theaters might not be able to. Yeah, I think not having a huge overhead, uh, you know, is a big benefit. The fact that you can uh, do shows on a 
a shoestring budget doesn't mean that you don't have good production value. It just means you can really focus your energy and effort on filling a 20 foot by 20 foot stage instead of a 36 by 40 foot deep stage that has to project out 300 feet to the back row uh, and requires all sorts of additional technology to make that work. That doesn't mean that we don't have uh, technology in our space. A lot of people who walk into our space who have worked in New York uh, comment on how, for example, the lighting grid, which is being underutilized in this show, but in just the right way, um, how we are outfitted uh, much uh, better than many uh, popular off-Broadway theaters. So both in our lighting and our sound and our digital resources, we've done some pretty unique things in the space and challenged people's notions of what can be accomplished on a, a relatively small budget. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, thinking ahead of the game, I know this is a dream come true for you, Alex, uh, producing and starring in uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? But uh, what, what is next on, on your agenda? Well, well, we're going to hold that for a second. I hear the music. We have to mosey on out of here, as it were, for a few, couple of minutes. And uh, then we'll get that answer from you, uh, Alex Picard, uh, along with uh, Andrew Pennard and Gary Locke. Picard, Pennard, and Locke. <laughs> that, a law firm, if ever I heard one. Now, we'll take a break. Kale & Company continues here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We have in studio today Alex Picard, Andrew Pennard, and uh, Gary Locke, all involved at the uh, Hatbox Theater in the production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf this weekend and next again tomorrow night, 7.30, Saturday night, 7.30, Sunday afternoon at 2.00. Contrary to uh, a published report, but 2 p.m. on uh, Sunday afternoon. And uh, I, the weather forecast earlier uh, calling for a little bit of rain this weekend. And uh, Andrew, you were excited about that. Oh, it's always uh, yeah. a good day in the theater when it rains. <laughs> there you go. Helps attendance, right? Uh, people want things to do. And uh, I'm telling you, this, uh, this is a production that uh, you should not miss. Uh, I, I have not seen it uh, performed in this area. I, I don't think I've ever heard of it being performed in this area. Maybe I missed out. It actually was performed twice at the Players Ring in Portsmouth okay. that I know of, and I think there was a there was a, a production in Manchester or in the Manchester area uh, within the last I don't know fifteen or twenty years. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty rare, and that's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh yeah, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah, me uh, I mean it. it's a, it's a classic. It's a classic, and a dream come true for you, Alex, to uh, not only uh, be I in the show but produce it. Absolutely. What now to the to the novices out there like me? What what does that mean? People say, you know, what's the difference between producer 
and and director. <laughs> the so, producer is the money person. The money. You're the um, money <laughs> end of it. You're the money also, end of it. Yes. Uh, I think also in, in in my experience, at least producing at the Hatbox, it's a it's a real team effort. You know, I could say that I've done a lot of work, but really I've just um, been supported by a lot of wonderful people. And I think when you produce at the Hatbox. Um, you get a lot of support, and and if you pull together the right team, it's pretty effortless. And I was very, very lucky. Um, you know, with um, you know, Gary jumped on board to direct, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, here we go." And then we got Wayne um, Asbury to say yes to George, and then uh, Brett and Reese came on board as Nick, and Emily was the last on board. Emily Corral was the last on board as Honey, and I. I I count myself among the luckiest <laughs> on stage to share it with the three of them. Um, and our stage manager, too, Meredith Campagna, is, is among the best stage managers I've worked with. Um, and Wayne and Emily and Brett and I, we're all professionally trained. Um, and and we choose to come here to do our work. And I, you know, you'd asked what comes next for me, you know, if if either Andrew or Gary or Wayne or Emily or Brett ask me to do something, that is what I'll be doing. That is what's next. I would do anything to work with any of them. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. This cast is incredibly talented. That is uh, quite a a compliment. And uh, you've worked with uh, lots of people over the years, I'm I'm sure, Alex. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, looking forward to seeing this wonderful cast uh, either this weekend or next weekend at the Hatbox Theater in Concord. And uh, Andrew, I know you you know you didn't want to jump in during this segment to give it all to Alex and, and Gary, but how do you make people aware uh, of what's going on at, at the Hatbox for these past uh, nine years? Well, a lot of it is word to mouth. Yeah. You know, people come in, they see a show, they experience uh, the magic that is Hatbox, and they want to come back and see more. Um, off, it's it's not unheard of for somebody to come to Hatbox once in a year and then they come back five or six more times Mm. for other shows in that same year and that doesn't happen in other places uh part of it is the space itself Mm. part of it is the people that we attract to come and perform there and then they spread the word as well i mean we this is really a everybody pitches in you roll up your sleeves you uh, try to cross promote as much as you can in social media and in person and every opportunity to get people uh, to experience live performance and having a variety of programs is part of that, yeah. you know, have, making sure that you have things that surprise and delight people, uh, having the right material. You know, when we did, um, you know, I produced the first musical in Hatbox. We did the musical Barnum back in 2017, mm-hmm. which won the New Hampshire Theater Award for Best uh, Musical in the State. But we had no microphones on the musicians. So the singers were singing and you were hearing their voice unprocessed. And you can't get that in most performing venues. So having surprising people, uh, taking what their expectations are and really going beyond that is is really important in the space. And our actors who were in this production have all done that in other shows at Hatbox and do it in other venues around. I mean, Wayne has done a number of shows throughout the Northeast, both professionally and and out of uh, some passion products. Emily, we've had come back twice to do her one-woman show, Mary and Me, which was written by an Irish playwright, Irene Kelleher, and she's really done remarkable, incredible work as a solo artist as well as a collaborator. Uh, and then Brett Reese is, uh, you know, he shined uh, in a play last summer in our space that he co-wrote, uh, but he's also known as a lighting designer. He's a very creative artist. He's written a number of pieces. And again, having them all come into 
this space and work on projects, it feels like you can't top yourself, but it seems like every show we do is an opportunity for us to strengthen our community, strengthen our bonds and our friendships and showcase really incredible work. We challenge each other, but we do it in a way that also supports each other. And Gary, we talked uh, earlier a little bit about the rehearsal process for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Uh, it, it had to be intense at, at rehearsal as well. And, and I know you, you, when you're in that rehearsal process, you, you find out different things about what your actors are, are capable of. And well, maybe, maybe they're capable of more than they perhaps think that they are. I'm going to tell you that we did what's known as a table read um, the very first time we all got together. That was actually the first time that Alex had, had ever met Emily. And um, the end of that uh, table read it still gets me emotional because we all just sat back and realized, oh, my God, what have we done? This is fabulous. And I immediately said, well, I've got to up my game. I've got to be a whole lot better than <laughs> usual. Um, it was extraordinary. And we knew right then and there. But, you know, we needed – uh, we needed a box of Kleenex mm. for uh, every uh, rehearsal, <laughs> yep. uh, and um, and Alex wasn't the only one who um, uh, needed it. Um, <laughs> it, it is, um, it's 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 the sort of show that, as a director, I let it go as long as I can, like a like a good father, and then you need to step out of the way uh, and let. Uh, your actors take over. It's probably the most difficult uh, part of the process this time was um, just um, stepping back and saying, okay, guys, it's your show now. Yeah, uh, there you go. And uh, so it was very emotional, that, that read-through, the it, first read-through. It huh? was. Yeah. I was, um, I mean, I, I had worked with Brett and Wayne a little bit before. Um, uh, and so I, I, I sort of knew what to expect. I had not worked with Emily and she was stunning in that table read. And yeah, when we finished, I, I thought to myself, you know, I came home and I was talking about it with my husband and I was like, there is a, a rare chemistry here between the four of us. There's not, um, there's not a person out there who isn't giving everything to make everybody else look good. And I think that the lack of ego um, and the service to the story. It's a play that we all care about. These are roles that all four of us have always mm. wanted to play. I mean, Wayne was saying too that, you know, he was about 19 or so as well when he first read it wow. and wanted to play George. And, um, you know, when, when you've all been waiting for this play the way we've all been waiting for it, then it's, you're in service to the story and in what happens to, you know, and making each other look as good as you can. I need to mention something about Wayne. Okay. Because he was, <laughs> he was living in Kansas City uh, throughout for the last year and a half. Yeah. And... Uh, Oh gosh, yeah, I was holding my breath. Um, yeah, we, yeah, me too. Yeah, we, we really, we really weren't sure if we were going to get him. Yeah, and I held firm. I said no. Yeah. you know, I'm going to wait till the very last possible second. Wow. Yeah. Uh, if I have to replace him, uh, but he 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 drove across country uh, just a couple of days before that table read. That that is something. I, I guess he really wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you guys really wanted him. Yeah. And it works. And uh, again, if you've seen any of the uh, reviews, uh, they have been excellent. 
Uh, I'm sure the audience response has been the same way. And uh, I tell you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next six, six shows uh, sell out at uh, Hatbox Theater. It also looks great. Not just that yeah, lighting, yeah. but but uh, Greg Parker uh, designed the set. Um, he he came to my house and and uh, told me about his design idea, and I said, "All right, let's do it." Um, and I, it's a little it's a little different, but mm-hmm. that's it's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect, and that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> and uh, if you want to uh, get tickets right now. Uh, log on to hatboxnh.com. Hatboxnh.com. Only six performances remain. And Andrew is hoping for rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Friday night, tomorrow night, 7.30, Saturday, 7.30, Sunday at 2. And the same next weekend uh, as well. And uh, Alex Picard, Andrew Pennard, and uh, Gary Locke. Thank you all so much for spending an hour here today. We really appreciate it and uh, enjoy the next two weekends. I know the audiences will. You will as well. And uh, folks, uh, visit the Hatbox Theater for uh, not only this show, but uh, many of their shows in the upcoming future. Again, it's hatboxnh.com. Alex, thank you. Andrew, Gary, uh, so great to have you with us. Thank you so much. much. That'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Tomorrow, the Friday Fun Bunch right here on WKXL. Have a great Thursday, everybody, and happy June!